You stand on the shore of the ocean watching the tide come in. You sense the call of the sea beckoning to take you further. You step forward little by little, not knowing what to expect, but expecting more. You keep going as the ocean calls, calls you to enter in to deeper waters. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Deeper Waters Podcast. I am Nick Peters, your host, and bringing you the very best in Christian scholarship and apologetics. And today is no exception. Today, I'd like to first off say that uh, for this show, we're going to get into some very sensitive matters. So if you have small children with you, you might want to put this one on hold until they're ready to hear it. Um, it could be a very good show to especially listen to though with a teenage daughter to let them know what's going on in the world. But of course, listen first at your own discretion. Now, we're in February right now. Love is a beautiful thing. And oftentimes, that comes with sex. And in a Christian marriage, sex is meant to be a beautiful thing. But sadly, sometimes outside of marriage, it can lead to chaos. And what can be, what God meant for, be- for a beautiful thing can be used by the world for twisted evil of all manners. In order to discuss this today, I've brought on Annie Lobel Fox of Hookers for Jesus. Now, Annie, normally I'd start with someone's, you know, giving their background credentials, but for you, your whole story is what matters. But I, I think some of my audience might be curious, what is hookers for Jesus? I mean, are you encouraging prostitution or something? I mean, some people would want to believe that that is the case, but honestly, Nick, we mm-hmm. are based on a very awesome awesome story in the Bible. When Jesus was collecting his first followers, he was walking along the shore of Galilee and he saw these fishermen and he simply said to them, come follow me and I will teach you how to fish for people. So our whole entire ministry is based Mm -hmm. off that actual scripture in Matthew Mm 419, which states that. And also The other reason for the name is hooker is a fish hook, right? You need a Mm -hmm. fish hook to go fishing. But the other cool thing about hooker is the fact that if you Google hooker, there is a fishing boat about the same size of the Galilee fishing boats back in the day when Jesus was around a couple thousand years ago. And it's Mm -hmm. called the Galway hooker. And Mm -hmm. it is a fishing boat. And it's pretty cool to realize that what our main motto is we are fishing people out of the drowning waters of sex trafficking Mm -hmm. and we all know when waters are drowning it's because the person does not know how to swim number one or number two their boat capsized they got thrown into the ocean and they're tired Mm -hmm. and they're falling underneath the water or three it's a storm And there's no way for them to swim through that storm because the waves are too high. So that is our job as an organization is to hook people out of the drowning waters and give them the help they need, give them hope for a better future, and also give them the best thing ever, love. Heal. Mm -hmm. Heal them with the love of God. Mm -hmm. Now... Your story, it, the book that we're going to talk about is a book called Fallen. Yes. And honestly, your story, I was reading about, oh, maybe page eight or so, reading about what happened with your dad, and already I was getting very emotional mm-hmm. reading it. And I have Asperger's, so that is something that does not normally happen for me. Wow. And yet, here it was. I found your story gripping there. Oh, so, I am so, so touched that you said that. I, mm-hmm. I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know what? I, uh, that really touches me. 
Now, the thing that, that started off here is that you have a less than perfect relationship with your dad. and yeah. Or you did, at least. How, right. what, looking back there, how important is it for a girl to have a good relationship with her dad? I really believe from my own personal experience that it is a foundational, foundational family solidarity uh, mm. building block of mm. a healthy family. Just mm. like it says that Jesus is the cornerstone. Well, in a family that grows up without a father or with a father that is abusive or with a father that's there but is abandoning his children, uh, that is detrimental to the mental health, the emotional health, and even the physical health of the young child. A father represents God the Father. A father represents Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Um, he represents protector, the courage, and the provider, the guider, the covering for the family. And when that is not mm -hmm. in the proper place, something happens, it's even been proven to the scientists mentally, that children's brains actually do not form correctly. And what happens is something called complex trauma, which is mm. not normal trauma. Complex trauma is, let's say, let me just explain, first of all, the two definitions. First thing is trauma is an incident that happens and it's not necessarily repeated. So say for instance, a natural disaster. Let's say a mm -hmm. flood happened to your town and basically took your house out and you had to sell your house and move to another part of town. That's pretty traumatic, right? Or yeah. let's say your grandma dies or maybe mm -hmm. your parent dies or something happens that is something that we can't avoid. That is not mm -hmm. a perpetrated violence or abuse towards someone, it just happened. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a car accident, right? And it mm -hmm. definitely can cause trauma. We are not saying that it won't because a death in the family, a natural disaster, an accident can always cause a form of PTSD, right? Mm -hmm. So the right. difference between complex trauma and PTSD is this. Complex trauma is uh, in where you're in a place as a child or an older adult or a mid-level adult, which is a teenager, right? That mm -hmm. you're in a situation where you are being exposed to controlling, abusive, manipulating, physical behavior that is against the safety of your well-being and mental health. So this category can be any child that is abused. If they cannot escape their abuser, if they're stuck in that home for the next 18 years, they are stuck in that home with that abusive parent and that is an issue of complex trauma. Now, the same thing can happen to a prisoner of war. Let's say someone is over in another country, let's say Afghanistan, um, they are captured by ISIS or whatever group you want to call it, mm -hmm. and they're stuck in a prison camp and they are continually being tortured day in and day out. They're being beat, they're being starved, they're, you know, they're being whipped, they're being interrogated, they're being spit on, you know, they're, they're being sodomized, whatever you want to think that could happen to that poor prisoner of war. That can create definite complex trauma because that person, again, cannot escape. And then we give our third example as someone that is sex trafficked or human trafficked. They're in a situation where they cannot escape their captor. And it mm -hmm. doesn't matter if it's just physical, Nick. It could literally be a mental part where you've brainwashed this person to believe if you leave, you will get seriously hurt or one of your relatives or one of your best friends that you love or your dog or your cat that I have hostage or your child. And it's anytime someone feels that threatening type of abuse where it's coercive, it's forced abuse, they cannot escape it. And that will create complex trauma, which by the way, creates all kinds of subsetted abnormalities, abnormalities in the brain and in your soul. Mm -hmm. um, nervousness, anxiety, massive anxiety attacks, panic attacks, 
a borderline personality disorder, depressive disorder. Uh, I would even say bipolarism is related mm -hmm. to complex trauma. Anything that is a mental disorder can be traced back, almost everything I should say, besides a physical, like, and again, your condition with what you have, I don't know the history of your condition, but when you're born with something, that's a different story, right? Mm -hmm. When it's in your DNA, yeah. but there also, there's been doctors that have claimed in our DNA, we can carry down uh, problems when it comes to the mental health aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Re like reflective problems, shadow problems. And it's very interesting to learn about complex trauma. I, for the past years have done a very serious dive into complex trauma and the validity of it. And also the, the, the scientific backing of it. And also the newness that the Christian community has discovered with complex trauma, not a lot of people understand how to treat it, but I do know for myself, myself is that Jesus is my healer and he has done an incredible, miraculous, life-changing work in my soul and in, in, in joined with my spirit that I could never have gotten from counseling or just time in itself. He is the ultimate healer. Hi, this is Justin Brawley of the Unbelievable Radio Show and Podcast, recommending another podcast to you. Nick Peters is a deep thinker, a friend of mine, and he has an inspiring faith. So you should listen to him and his excellent guests on the Deeper Waters show. So keep going deeper and keep getting uh, wetter, I guess. Blessings, Nick. Keep up the good work. Okay, well, looking at what you've said now, one of the things that you didn't mention also, and this gets into sort of thing, is that usually a woman with an absent or distant father or something like that usually grows up craving male attention. Now, to some extent, yeah. most every teenage girl craves male attention, but it's kind of like a hyper way right. with women in your case. And unfortunately, we have a case where you are looking for love in all the wrong places. Right. I was. I was looking, literally, like I, like there was never a situation where it was presented to me in my family life that I felt safe, it, except for mm -hmm. the fact that my mom was a solid foundation for my heart and my well-being. My mom was, and is, by the way, she's still alive is such a beautiful spirit of peace and love and joy and just the most incredible uh, comfort that I've ever, you know, honestly, I don't know if I would have made it without her being there. Nick, can you pause mm -hmm. this just for a second? Yeah. I'm going to tell them the terms that, that complex trauma actually triggers is a condition called histronic behavior. And if I could give you an idea of what, mm -hmm. um, what that actually, oh, can we restart that for a second? I'm so sorry. I, I pause for a second. Just let's read yeah. that. Okay. Where, where we start, I'll just tell my sound guy to edit this out. Yeah. And, and yeah. So whatever you were saying, um, um, now, now looking back at your story, it looks like, uh, what happened in the absence of a male father is you were looking for love, which is something common, craving male attention, but you were looking for love in all the wrong places. Yes, and so this is my thing with the explanation of why a young girl would look for male attention. And there is something that happens when she's not getting it as a little girl. For me personally, there's a condition that I didn't realize that I might have had when I was growing up and actually into my teenage years, it's called histronic behavior. And what that is, and it's a really good example to share, one of my favorite movie stars is Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn my wife's Monroe, too. She was a beautiful lady, but we all know with Marilyn Monroe, she craved attention. And mm -hmm. by rights, she was 
drop dead gorgeous, right? And but she had this way about her that was flirtatious. But you know what? It 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 did her a lot of favor with doors opening in her life for big movie deals. Big It's mod- worth mentioning yeah. it's worth mentioning also, my wife's a big fan of Rose that Marilyn Monroe was actually a size fourteen as well. Yes, she she got kind of big for a little while. So you know, Marilyn Monroe is a perfect example of histronic behavior. Now, Marilyn Monroe, her background, she was a child that her mother was mentally ill. We all know this. And her auntie took care of her. But she also went from foster home to foster home. So she, it's, there's a big possibility that Marilyn Monroe might have been abused sexually by people that she didn't know. Now, she, it's not really ever proven. But we know that the behavior of histronic sexualized behavior is usually mm. because there's there is no father in that person's life. And of course, Marilyn Monroe really didn't know her dad. And for me, even though my father was there, I never had a strong relationship with him as a teenager and a young little girl. I was afraid of my father. And so when I was a very young age in my in grade school years, actually, even even by the age of like second and third grade, I remember boys in school having crushes on me. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I I was so flattered by it. Like it lit me up and I felt alive. I I can't Mm -hmm. express that feeling. And so that was my hunt in my Mm -hmm. life as I grew older to look for that same feeling that I felt as a young girl of being complete when I knew one of the boys had a crush on me. So I ended up, you know, falling into that behavior, which by the way, histronic behavior is any type of, um, attention seeking behavior to seek out assurances, to seek out validity our worth and our value, right? Mm -hmm. That's what that is. And so when I learned that boys were looking at me, it was an easy puzzle piece from my broken puzzle to put into place as a foundational piece to create this picture of who I was. And I dated this boy in school when I was a teenager and he broke my heart, unfortunately. It's so funny because to this day we are friends and he's friends with my husband and Mm -hmm. he's actually a a very nice man and we've gotten over our past obviously but at the time Mm -hmm. i was completely devastated by the way that i felt he treated me even though again nick it's all perspective it's what Mm -hmm. my heart was feeling it's what my brain was thinking i didn't have my god glasses on i didn't have Mm -hmm. the holy spirit directing me i didn't have the love of jesus enough of the love of Jesus in my heart to understand what was actually going on. Mm -hmm. And I needed that comfort more than just a faith in my heart. Does that make sense? I need to feel it. I needed to see it and I needed to touch it. Mm -hmm. And that's what brought me into that lifestyle of going out to the parties, getting date raped, and all this crazy promiscuous behavior that I was really a faithful person and a loyal girlfriend. And I always, oh, you know what? We have to, so sorry, I got to shut this off. You can just restart that about going out to the parties. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're going out to parties, and what's happening at these parties? I was going out to these parties because I was desiring to meet people to not be alone, first of all. Plus my girlfriends were going out to the parties too in our high school years. And so we were all looking for love. We were all looking to have a good time and trying to see if we could find a boy that liked us. And, you know, I went to a lot of kegger parties. I actually would organize Mm -hmm. some of the kegger parties and collect money and get the beer. And and even though it was illegal, I did a lot of crazy, crazy, crazy things back then. And those parties brought a lot of drunk teenagers. And so the result of drunk teenagers is you end up having sex. You end up playing strip poker. You end up playing games with the beer, you know, smoking pot. And all of a sudden you're in bed with someone. 
And that's what happened to me. Even after I broke up with my boyfriend that I was faithful to, by the way, that he was not faithful to me. I ended up just, gosh, making kind of a disaster out of the end of my teenage years. Mm-hmm. Left high school very, very brokenhearted. I did not want to turn back. I decided I'm going to leave. I'm going to move because I was at the time living in Wisconsin, a small little town called Frederick, Wisconsin. And I ended up going to Minneapolis to where I found two jobs, actually three eventually. And I employed myself because I wanted to go to college. And when you want to go to college and you don't have college money, this is what somebody will do. They will make whatever money they can and save it and try to get into college, which I ended up not doing. Mm-hmm. So Yo, there's, a, there's a saying out there that sadly happens, and that's that women will give sex to get love and men will give love to get sex. Yes, very true. Mm-hmm. That could That could sum up my high school years because the men and the boys, they know this. Mm-hmm. This, the ones that don't, that actually, I mean, I really believe my, my high school boyfriend broke my heart and to hurt me, but he just was broken himself. Like he literally mm-hmm. his, both his parents had died a couple months prior to meeting me. So there was a huge mm-hmm. hole in his heart. Both of his parents had massive heart attacks and died right in front mm-hmm. of him. Isn't that mm-hmm. crazy? He was from Iowa and they were pig farmers. So you can Mm -hmm. imagine the kind of food they were eating. And and, uh, my understanding is usually it seems that as soon as a girl is dating a guy and she decides she's going to sleep with him, pretty quickly he decides he's ready to move on at that point. And so what I tell girls is, girls, you know, let the guy know what the price is if he wants to sleep with you. And let it be nothing less than, you got to make a lifelong commitment to me in marriage. Right. So, you're at uh, these clubs, and you meet a guy, and in the book, I don't know if it's his real name or not, but you name him Julian. Yeah, Julian seems to be... (laughs) That is not... Julian is a fake name, but it sounds Mm. good, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. It's so far real name, it's not even the same letter in the alphabet. Mm. Julian, uh, describe Julian at that meeting when you first saw him. What was he like? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, He was very beautiful. He was handsome. He looked Mm. like a model. He was wearing a suit. I remember he had his hair in a ponytail. He had long hair. He was high cheekboned, debonair. Uh, dashing. He was handsome. He mm. was fine. I mean, everything. He was physically fit. He had just gotten released from jail. Mm-hmm. Which should have sent out with some warning flags, but. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing is that when you're naive and you're, I was yeah. a teenager. Remember I was mm-hmm. 18, 19 yep. years old. I did not realize the dangers of wrong relationships or mm-hmm. relationships with men that got out of jail. I never, mm-hmm. you know, had a thought in my mind that anyone would hit me, would take my money, would steal from mm-hmm. me, would control me with their anger, control me with their guns, control me with their stalking. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, Nick, that this man was capable of this type of abuse. I did not know. This is the honest, honest truth. And as a young girl that had not had a lot of life experiences, this is very common when it comes to women that meet their potential traffickers. They're in this place where there's a lot of naivety. There's a lot of innocence. There's a lot of just green life experience, which means in Mm -hmm. our language in the street, green means they're wet behind the ears. They just butted. They just arrived and they just don't have what it takes to make it into the relationship world because they are looking for 
significance outside of themselves unto themselves in their heart. They don't know who they are or what their purposes are. They are lost. They are broken. They are a fractured piece of their real self trying to connect with something to make another person part of them. And the thing is, is that we know, we know that when you are fractured and when there's pieces of you out there and you're trying to get other people to be your puzzle piece, that does not work. That does not compute mm -hmm. math mathematically even, right? Mm -hmm. Right. We have to be whole people that are secure, that know our purpose. We know where we're, we're going. We know the direction that we're taking and where we're being guided by God and our faith is strong, that we will not let mm -hmm. anything that is evil or toxic or or I would say I don't want to say a swear word, but I was going to say uh, the D word. But anything that is going to be a downtrodden to our journey, a a a a a basically a a cursing of our life to to be part of us, because, listen, if it is, it can derail God's plan for us. Right. Mm -hmm. I hope I yeah. said that right. Well, I'd like to remind everyone at this point, you're listening to Deepo Bardo's podcast. We got Annie Lobel Fox here talking about her book Fallen, her story. But if you're here with us next time, we're going to have Shane O'Neill on from Proven Men talking about pornography and overcoming it for guys. I'm sure some of it will apply for girls, but this one's going to be for the guys a lot. But let's get back to Anne's story here. Now, Anne, you, uh, you wind up going out with this guy, and you go to Vegas together, and you know, everything seems cool, but then one night you come home, you got a lot of money from your work, and what happens? When I come home, this is the thing, I was at my girlfriend's house, mm -hmm. and she had already moved to Las Vegas from Minnesota with her pimp, and at the time, her pimp didn't show his true colors, so she didn't even know he was a pimp. He was letting her spend her money freely. He was buying her things. He was buying her diamonds and Louis Vuitton this and Chanel that. And so she was in la-la land. But the night that I came home and I worked the escort service and came home with the wad of money in my purse, he told me to break myself, which in pimp culture language is give me all your money, every single cent that you have on you, even if it's jewelry, whatever you have of value, break yourself. And I personally was like very proud. I was like, what? I'm, hello, I'm not with a pimp. What are you talking about? I'm not going to break myself to you. And I basically told him to F off, okay? I was mm -hmm. pretty strong with the way I felt at the time. And mm -hmm. he took me by my hair and he slammed my head into the kitchen cabinets. He, he was taking my head and, and closing the cabinets on my head. And then he drug me out to the back porch, which is a cement porch. It was the desert, right? My girlfriend's house was in the desert. And she had two big dogs in the background. I think one was a Doberman Pitcher and the other one was a Rottweiler. And there was dog feces everywhere, Nick. It was disgusting. Oh, and he proceeded to kick me in my ribs. I was bent over in pain as he was punching me in my face. I'm on the ground and I turn over and he starts rubbing my face into the dog feces oh, okay gosh. yelling this is pimpin mm. b you can fill in the blanks mm -hmm. this is an x-rated podcast by the way <laughs> yeah explicit lyrics are, are are not allowed but we're gonna just give a little sugar coat to it so he was saying this is pimpin b it's time for you to go under my rule 
you're you're my you know you're my B. You're my B. You're gonna do what I say, B. Do you hear me, or else you're gonna die. And what does someone in my position do? A tiny little petite blonde that literally weighed 105 pounds. What does she do? Mm. What does she do? Whatever she's told, right? Whatever she's told. <laughs> and he had his gun. Now, at the time, he wasn't doing anything with the gun. He, it was in his suitcase. But when I got back to the back bedroom, he locked me in the bedroom. He brought ice. He brought Neosporin for all my cuts on my face. He wiped my face off, and he told me he loved me, and he started kissing my face, and he put his arm around me, and he said, this is how it's going to go. You get out of line, this is what's going to happen. If you do what I say, it's going to go very well with you. Now, don't forget, I love you, B. You're my B. I mean, this is the, the brainwashing that I succumb to. It, it, you know, trafficking with the traffickers when they groom you, because prior to this, he was my boyfriend. We would go dancing. He'd buy me dinners. He bought me clothes. He bought me diamond things. And I fell for it, Nick. I was yep. groomed in a process that made me believe that this man actually had love for me. Now, here's where I want to allow people to hear this very important point. Mm -hmm. In his own way since my trafficker came from a very abusive home, no father around him. He learned how to be who he was in the street, started shooting craps at 11 and 12 years old on the street. That's how he survived. Mm -hmm. He learned how to pimp from his friends to survive. And mm -hmm. I'm not making any excuses for this man's behavior but you have to look at the geome of his past mm -hmm. family history. It is important that we remember that hurt people hurt people. And mm -hmm. I know, now this man's actually apologized to me several times, by the way, for what he's done to me in my life. And I forgave him. People would say, mm -hmm. well, I can't believe you did that. Yes, that is what Christ calls us to do it is so the other thing what that was really important was when he did this to me mm -hmm. i really believed he loved me and in the way that only he knew how i believed that he thought that he did because he didn't know mm -hmm. how to love nick he just didn't know mm -hmm. how he had no idea do you know that i had at that time he had a couple girls in Minnesota that were working for him already, and they were underage girls. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that that is what was going on at the time. Mm -hmm. I, I just, you know, it's just like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the deception mm -hmm. was so there but at the same time i thought i knew everything it's like i mm -hmm. sometimes my mind tries to trick me and say but you did know and it's like that's not really true i think when you're afraid and you're in this brainwashing technique that the pimps use you just don't get you don't see everything for what it really is mm -hmm. because you always want to believe the best mm -hmm. of your trafficker your brain is so convinced that they are the good guy they are the mm -hmm. protector does that make sense? Yeah. It, it does. Uh, yeah. it's, I'm sad to say it does, but yes, it does. And there were a number of times you did escape, and then you gave him another chance, and history repeated itself every time, didn't it? Yeah, it did repeat itself several times. And honestly, <laughs> I never expected it to happen when it did. It, it was always a... It, oh my gosh, like a, like a sneak attack. Like every time he hit me or every time he choked me out or every time he held me captive or kidnapped me, I had no idea it was coming. Now I did know when he was stalking me, when I had left him the couple times that I did, I was looking mm -hmm. out for him. 
I was looking around my shoulder, looking every gas station I went to, every workout center I went to, every grocery store, every mall that I went shopping at. I was always looking for him from a far distance, just waiting to be pounced on. And this one night, yeah, literally at the gas station, I got caught off guard and I got kidnapped by him. Mm-hmm. My gun was in my seat. I didn't get a chance to use it. I don't know if I would have had the heart to at the time, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. And he put me in the back of that Mercedes Benz. I'll never forget that ride. It was a blue Mercedes Benz. It was brand new. And it had white leather interior. And he was beating me down in the back seat. Blood is coming out of every, like out of my eyes, my nose, my ears. He's hitting me so hard. And also he hit me with the binoculars that he was spying me with me on. And I actually have mm. a scar on my forehead oh, gosh. from binoculars and it cutting me. Um, mm-hmm. And he was so upset with me because I bled on the car, inside the car. Mm-hmm. He did not like that I bled on the car. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking, where, where else are you supposed to do when someone's treating you that way? You know, mm-hmm. what are you supposed to do but be subservient because you just don't want to get hit again. You get into this place where you're in defense mode and you're just trying to survive. And when someone's just trying to survive, it's called the Stockholm syndrome. You do whatever Mm -hmm. they ask of you. You don't want to get hit again. You don't want to get beat again. You just bow to the cause. You bow Mm -hmm. to the person. It is literally a prisoner surrender. You have to surrender. You have no choice. And as he's driving up to this Summerlin house lair, this beautiful brand new house that his other pimp partner had, there were, I think five other or six other pimps there. And there were uh, most of the girls, their bottom girls, this, which I was a bottom girl. That's a bottom girl is someone in the, in the pimp stable that is there the longest with the pimp and the Mm -hmm. one that the pimp supposedly loves, but that's just, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of like a, a, not really a truth, but it's a truth that we're told that turns into a lie because we see what the real love is because it's not real real love when someone hits you Mm -hmm. is that what we're told, Oh, you're my bottom girl or you're my main girl. You're my main squeeze. And then we believe that we are. And then we feel privileged because we're brainwashed into thinking that this is a great position to be in. You know, Mm -hmm. we're like the wife of the pimp, right? Yeah. And a lot of us aren't married to the pimp, even though I was engaged to him at the time. Mm -hmm. So when I went up to that lair, it was probably the longest night of my life at the time. Mm-hmm. And I could not wait for it to be over. In fact, I thought if I'm going to die, cause I really thought Nick that I was going to die that night. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause there was a body bag. There was a shovel. There was gloves in the back of the trunk of the car. Mm-hmm. And I was convinced that this was my day to die. And I thought to myself, what do I do? What do I do? Do I surrender? Do I fight him? So I, out of survival, surrendered, let him do whatever he wanted to do with me. I didn't know if he was going to gang rape me in front of the pimps. I do know that all my clothes were stripped off of me and I got all my hair cut off Mm -hmm. and he announced to all the other pimps and they were yelling at me and spitting. They all took turns to spit on me with the, in my face with their spit. And the other girls had to watch on the second balcony of the floor overlooking the big living room to watch me get served and beat down. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends that actually witnessed me getting beat down, they, they apologized to me later and said to me, they wish they would have called the police for me, that they were deathly afraid too, that if they would have called the police, that they would have gotten hurt too. And I told them that mm-hmm. I understood that I wasn't upset with them. Hi, this is Mike Lacona. I've had the privilege of being on the deeper waters podcast with Nick Peters several times over the past few years. Nick is one of the finest interviewers on the internet today. He's well-read and asks the type of questions that bring valuable insights for his listeners. So if you want to get great information from top-notch scholars in a concise package, the Deeper Waters podcast with Nick Peters is where you need to be. Well, I'd like to remind everyone at this point in our show that you're listening to the Deeper Waters podcast. Everything we do is supported by people like you and i encourage you please go to our website deeperwatersaprojects.com there's a link on my side help support the work of deeper waters christian ministries you click on that link you get taken to the ministry of risen jesus 
you're at the right place. Those are my in-laws, Mike and Debbie Lacona. You make your donation, and you uh, get in touch with me or or my wife, Allie, or Mike, or Debbie, and say, hey, I made a donation. I won't go to Nick Peters. I won't go to Deeper Waters. It's tax deductible. You can buy some ebooks that I've written and co-written. Just look for my name on Amazon. I'm not going to go into all of them right now because of the importance of what we're talking about. And if you can't do any of these, please just go on, go and leave a positive review on iTunes for my podcast. It really means a lot. Now, Annie, do you have any organization or charity you'd like to see people donate to? Of course. I mean, obviously, can I talk about Hookers for Jesus? Of course. So Hookers for Jesus was simply an outreach that I started on the strip in 2005. The idea came in my heart in 2004. Mm. So sometimes I tell people it was founded in 2004. So it's literally almost 16 years ago inside my heart that Jesus spoke to me. He said, I want you to tell my daughters that they are loved by me. The Mm -hmm. ones that are stuck in slavery, Annie, I want Mm -hmm. my love to set them free. So that's how Hookers for Jesus started. And literally, I needed to bring the girls a place to rest. So I was getting them hotels, weeklies, bringing them to my house, completely unethical. And I honestly did not understand how to help the girls in the beginning, even though I knew how myself got helped. But I learned as I went, and it's still such a learning process. But I actually started Destiny House in 2007, and that is a place where the ladies can come and dream, discover, and develop into the God-given destiny for their lives so they can literally be changed and transformed and go back out into the world different women, women of change, women of valor, of strength, courage, and women Mm. that will actually make a difference in this world as a whole. That's the entire mission of Destiny House. And Destiny House is a place where girls can come and receive trauma therapy, trauma group therapy, equine therapy, art therapy. They can do self-study studies about their pain in their past and learn how to heal. There is life skill class. There is also vocational training for their jobs. They can get a job and save money at our house. They can go to college if they want. They can get their GED. Anything. Oh, they also have their own personal trainer and a dietitian to help them learn how to eat better. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful program. We love each each and every lady that comes into our home. And we are always looking for donations because this, this type of running of this Mm. home, we have actually 10 different house managers and they alternate every eight hours. There's two per 24 Mm. hours. I'm sorry, Mm. three per 24 hours. So, and on the weekends, there's a couple different Mm. house managers as well. So we have a lot of house managers and we always are looking for funding for other things like we need a volunteer coordinator. We need a finance fundraiser actually as well. But mm-hmm. we have to run our offices, our back end, which is all of our accounting, all of our administrative, all of the girls' social workers that they work with here that we've hired here for our actual offices that are right next door to the house. So mm-hmm. hookersforjesus.net is where you go if you want to donate. And we are making a difference. I mean, honestly, Nick, we've been doing this work for almost 16 years. Before mm. trafficking was a word buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now, and we're still in short. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Now, along and short of it, you did escape from Julian eventually, and I really don't want to go into that story because we're limited for time, and they're encouraging people to buy the book, which they need to do. Yes, I agree. But you actually go on an overseas trip soon, and while there, you make a commitment to Jesus Christ, and so. You come back, and by guy, the whole escort scene just ends immediately, right? No. <laughs> it didn't. But here's the thing. I want people to remember something. I rekindled my relationship with Jesus on that trip. I read mm. the New Testament fully for the first time. And, and Nick, let me tell you, mm-hmm. I bawled my eyes out. I cried like this release. When mm. I heard that he loved me, Mm-hmm. And I read it, and it was true in those scriptures. 
And I compared myself to the woman at the well. I compared myself to the Mary Magdalene. I compared myself to the woman in adultery. And I just couldn't believe that he could love a girl like me. And it mm-hmm. was so beautiful. I, I, I begged him. I said, Jesus, I know when I get back to Las Vegas, I have no other way of working. And I was with my, at, at my, at the time, another pimp. Okay. I couldn't mm-hmm. really escape him. But I prayed for a way out. And you know, he granted my request. Mm. He granted my request. And even though it took a couple more years, I eventually got to get away from the abuser in my life. And in, in on May 18th, 1998, I officially quit escorting. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, we need to have everyone get the book because something yeah. else happened that stood in the way of my relationship with Jesus, but he was still in my heart. And I want to encourage everyone out there. When we invite him in, here's what's really, really awesome is he never leaves us or forsakes us. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not saying this to be sloppy people, mm-hmm. okay? But I am saying this is when you're not ready and you're afraid and you're in this victim place, but you've accepted Jesus. If you put your mind and your heart and your faith on the line, he will make a way for you to escape where there is no way. You wake up every day and you say, I'm still praying that prayer. Jesus, help me get out. And God was faithful, Nick. Mm-hmm. I eventually did get out. Now, it doesn't mean that I was completely healed. We are going to forever, like it says in Corinthians, we mm-hmm. think we see clearly, but we really don't. Mm-hmm. We don't see clearly. It's like a mirror that's fuzzy. Okay? We are being perfected from glory to glory to glory, which really literally means every single day, God is improving us. And he's teaching us and we're learning as we go. And a Mm -hmm. sin that I might have done um, two months ago, I -hmm. might not do it today because I learned. So that is what he's talking about, that perfection. We're getting Mm -hmm. closer. But until we see him face to face, we will not know what that is. We have an idea, but a small glimpse, right? Yep. Now, today, actually, also, you're in fact married and i think your yep. husband from what i understand is a rather famous individual isn't he i i think he is kind of famous i mean he's in a band called striper mm-hmm. uh, it's a very controversial band from the 80s they actually were singing about jesus christ full on they said jesus he's king of kings have you heard their music nick no my wife has though she's much okay. more into that music than i am so there's songs that literally got famous on the regular radio that said Jesus Christ. They wow. were full on Christian songs. Then MTV picked up their videos mm-hmm. and started playing their videos on heavy rotation. Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, to hell with the devil is one of them. The other one, the other one, excuse me, that was heavily rotated was uh, actually maybe, oh, I said that wrong. Hell of the Devil was heavily rotated on the radio. But honestly video, the honestly video was on heavy on the radio, heavy on rotation for MTV. Always there for you is heavy on MTV. And also, oh my gosh, what is the name of that song? Call on, Calling on You. Mm-hmm. You make my life complete. You give me all I need. You help me through and through. I'm calling on you. And that song's Mm -hmm. about calling on God and asking him for his help. It's super Mm -hmm. beautiful. Like, I mean, honestly. And then Michael Sweet, he sang. He's a a lead singer, a striper. He writes a lot of the music. And he sang at our wedding the the song called Honestly. And that song Mm. is about God singing to us. When you get the chance to listen to it, please do. It's so beautiful. It's God's love letter to us. Mm -hmm. You know, honestly, I believe Mm. in you. 
do you trust in me? So Mm -hmm. it's God asking us, I believe in you. Now, do you trust in me? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't God believe in the creation that he made? Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Now, any, we've only got about 12 minutes left and so far. We're going to be wrapping things up. What do we... I'd like to talk about things we need to know about sex trafficking. One of them I think we should cover briefly is usually if someone's watching pornography on the internet, in some way they are contributing to sex trafficking most likely, aren't they? Yes, it, actually, they are at, totally contributing to it because because we know that lust breeds. It's like this. I like to say it's a dog that we feed. We feed the lust inside of our flesh, and all it does is grow. So if you have a propensity to look at women or men, there could be women listening to this podcast today, and you continue mm-hmm. to look at nude photos and nude nude suggested yep. photos and porn, you yep. end up getting this desire heightened inside of you, and it leads to other desires that cannot be fulfilled. It grows this Mm-hmm. this hunger inside of you. So what normally happens is when I used to go on calls for the escort service, when I was being trafficked, I would walk into rooms with men that were porn addicts. They would have a pornographic mm-hmm. movie on the television and they would tell me about their porn addiction. And they had the final guts to call an escort to work out that pornography pornography video and do the same position in that video. They've never tried that before. And could I try to do that? And how much would it be? And so do you see how the pornography industry, it actually feeds the lust inside of our hearts to Mm -hmm. go ahead and do whatever makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. It's not going to hurt you. You know, Mm -hmm. the hedonism, right? Mm -hmm. Hedonism full on with pornography. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is you become a full on porn addict and see porn has been proven scientifically, just like drugs, just like eating food that is very bad for us, like sugar and fats and things of that nature that we crave or the MSG that we eat in some of our foods. That's not bad for us. And I'm not going to name fast foods, but there's a Mm -hmm. lot of fast foods with MSG in it, but we get addicted. There's a chemical reaction in our brain where our brain gets rewarded for this eating of this food, this sexualized behavior, orgasm, if we just want to say it like it is, orgasm. And our brain says, well, where's, is there any more? I'm ready for another one. Let's go. Because now your brain's out of balance and just like drugs, it needs more. And it could never be satisfied. And you opened up this conversation in this podcast about sex is designed for one human being to another human being, a a relationship that is loyal, that is in a marriage context. It is a covenant relationship. Mm -hmm. It's a faithful relationship. And when you get beyond the borders of a marriage type of relationship, that's when everything else can come in and wreak havoc on your life because now you have too many choices. Now Mm -hmm. there's too many lustful ideas and reactions to what you see. And now you've created a monster. Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus said, you know, I, I assure you, if you lust after a woman, you, you, you've you done a sin. Mm. So what what would you say to young girls out there? First off, to girls who are just dating and, you know, kind of considering, you know, maybe I should just give myself to this guy and he'll love me. And second, how they should avoid sex trafficking. So that's a, that's a, woo, that's a loaded question right there. So first of all, I believe that true love waits and that, yes, ladies, I know young girls, I know what it's like to need and want and desire a boy and a man because out of the hole in my own heart. But as soon as you, there's nothing wrong with that either. That is a desire that God actually built inside of you. He built this inside of you for Mm -hmm. your future husband, right? Mm -hmm. But when it's in the wrong type mm-hmm. of setting, the wrong type of relationship that God did not ordain, what happens is you mm-hmm. will give in to the person that is pressuring you because you don't want to lose them. Because mm-hmm. even though there's no money being exchanged, you're actually exchanging your soul to fold and to surrender to that desire in that other person. 
even if you don't want to do it, but you're afraid that you're going to lose that person. Here's the truth. That person mm -hmm. will have more respect for you if you say no. And if you say yep. no and they take off and they don't want to talk to you anymore, that is not your husband. A husband mm -hmm. like Joseph with Mary will stick around. He will honor you yep. and he will protect you and he will wait till the moment is right between you, him and God and whoever else is around that you decide to have there for your wedding. Then you consecrate that marriage. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. So right. ladies, please guard your heart. Guard your hearts. Ask yourself, is this a need inside of me that is necessarily need to be filled right now? Do I like this guy or love this guy so much I don't want to lose him that I'm willing to risk my virginity? I'm willing to risk my body? In other words, I'm willing to exploit my body. See, and this is where exploitation comes in. You're giving yourself even though you really don't want to because you don't want to lose that person. That's not love. Love doesn't do that, mm. right? That's where exploitation comes in. Right. Sex trafficking is a tricky thing because you can actually be trafficked without money. You can, you can traffic yourself because you're desperate. You're desperate to be loved. Mm -hmm. And now this boy, he's used you, he's dumped you. He's got four friends that want to line up and he's getting paid, let's say 50 bucks a guy, 100 bucks a guy to have sex with you. And he puts some stuff in your drink and you're laying there at a party and all of a sudden they're doing a train on you. And a train is simply this, a bunch of men raping you, having sex with you without your consent or even with your consent because you're so drunk you don't know what's going on. Yep. That's yep. how sex trafficking can start. And that's what mm -hmm. happened to me when I was at those parties. I woke up several times, Nick. It was awful. And I woke up very devastated. I realized that someone had raped me. I was very hurt mm -hmm. physically. And I knew something was wrong. And then I would just... Mm -hmm. Wait a couple days. I never told anyone I got raped. Mm. Brush it off. I was drunk. I don't remember. Well, unfortunately, mm. I've got dreams of being raped. And some of those memories creep up back, mm. even though back then I blocked it out. It can always haunt you. But the mm. good thing is, is that Jesus' blood and his love covers all that. And the only reason mm. why, if it is coming up again, and I want to encourage anyone out there that's been abused like I have and that's been raped like me, God can heal you from that. Mm -hmm. And every time that that happens, you say, Lord, take it. I surrender it to you. I ask that you heal that piece of me, that memory. Remind me of, that you were there, that no matter what, I came out of it alive for a reason. And then please, ladies, get counsel. Get a counselor. It says that mm -hmm. we are healed by confessing to one another. Okay. There's no guilt or combination, mm. condemnation if you've been raped. It is not your fault. We're not going to shame people here. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd like to let people know the book is Fallen. It's by Annie Lobert. There's no fox at the end of the book. It's just that's Annie <laughs> Lobert on there. Right now is the time of recording on Amazon. The paperback is twelve sixty three. The Kindle is nine ninety nine. People get this book. I mean, this is a very gripping story. It got me emotional, and that very rarely happens, and it's such an important need. And especially if you have a teenage daughter, get her this book and have her read it, especially. Now, um, Annie, do you have a, a blog, a website, an email where people can get in touch if they want to find out more? Sure. Uh, they can go to hookersforjesus.net and they can email me at Annie at hookersforjesus.net. Mm -hmm. Don't forget the .net. It's literally like fishnet, like the verse. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is I have a show on Christian television network called Pink Chair. Mm -hmm. Right now it's live streamed every Saturday, Monday and Wednesday. And you can go to our website for the times we have them listed. Mm -hmm. So if you want to see me interview a bunch of people, and yes, it is a pink chair. It's a velvet pink chair. Mm -hmm. I have a bunch of musicians on there. It's real raw issues brought to the table with mm -hmm. solutions from a woman's perspective. And yes, it is from a Christian perspective. So it's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. We all know the solutions can be completely solved by the right God, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we do. And I invite you to our website. 
Annie, do you have any final words you have to leave with the audience today? I wanted to share one of my favorite verses. Okay. Okay. It says in Psalm 143.8, it says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Mm-hmm. When I wake up every day, I put my thoughts on God, on my Holy Spirit and Jesus and the love that he has for me. Because when I focus on his love, everything else falls into place, no matter how bad my day is going. Annie, I'd like to thank you for coming on. I hope we'll see you back here again sometime. All right. Sounds good. I'd love to come back. Well, I like let everyone know that next week, next time we get together, we're going to have Shane O'Neill on of Proven Men talking about pornography. For now, I'm Nick Peters. I affirm the virgin birth, and I'm signing off.